Good afternoon. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's uh, Monday the 30th, a couple days later. Mike, thanks for accommodating me. I really appreciate this. Uh, and why I do this, let's get right into it. Uh, my sons, Bobby Jack, 24, 23, they were in uh, undergraduate business programs and they would fire questions at me and then their friends would join in and I decided to grab Mike and put this on steroids so that this can be interactive and I can take my 30 years of, of uh, investing in uh, mutual funds, hedge funds, etc. Uh, I've covered every market cap. I've gone long and short. I've done every sector. So I kind of know uh, where the bodies are buried to a large extent. I went through the 87 crash, got my head handed to me and learned that I didn't like that. And so I went back and read hundreds of books and studied everything I could to to become better at this. And I got my MBA, the whole nine yards. And I discovered technical analysis, reading charts, volume, etc. And it just helps uh, with me to do that first and then do the fundamental work. At a minimum, it prioritizes my time as to what areas are exciting and interesting and where I should do more work. It's not right or wrong. It just works for me. I read Barron's, The Economist, The Journal. I listen to dozens of podcasts, devour relevant newsletters, and I plug in what I and you uh, suggest are interesting topics, put them into Google's alert, Google Alerts, and then they kick out a lot of information to me that then turns into the show that otherwise you would probably miss. I point you to them. I always give attribution, but know that if you don't want to do all that work, I'm doing it for you. I eat home cooking. I only talk about what I invest in, what I'm interested in. Uh, tell me what your pain points are, problems you'd like solved, topics I should cover. Uh, the, I really appreciate your feedback, and I thank you. Uh, we're always going to do this free version, but we're working on, and I know I keep saying this, but that's I'm the, the bottleneck here. Uh, we're open to a Patreon account, have a very reasonable uh, uh, daily cost, monthly cost that uh, I, I will more than earn, believe me. Uh, a weekly call with me on Discord. I'll teach technical analysis regarding your stocks, by the way, and your ETFs. And uh, I think I'll be very helpful there. More on that. Uh, you help me design the show. Tell me what guests I should reach out to. Would you like a text like I send my sons whenever I buy or sell anything? If so, please reach out to me, 610-331-4283. And for the premium version, I'm going to sing happy birthday to, to you. And this baritone is worth, that alone is worth the price of admission. And it'll bring a smile to your face every year. And frankly, give us an excuse to chat. So there we go. Uh, this is not investment advice. Here's my loyalty disclaimer. Please conduct and share your own due diligence. Okay, great week for fan mail. Uh, first, again, I'm going to say this right now. HODL is bullshit. I sell stocks better than you. Try me. I'll say it again. HODL is bullshit. I sell stocks better than you. Try me. That sounds audacious, but I'm going to prove it as I have in, in, in times gone past. Now... Before I get into Murph from New York's question, Mike uh, walked into the to the the studio today and said, "Hey, Bakes, I got a uh, a four hundred one k and I've got a Fidelity account and a, a Fidelity fund and a couple of Vanguard funds." And I said, "I think that's terrific." And what we what we reinforced off uh, line is that pyramid that I've shown in the past. I didn't have it here for the show, but I want you to have cash, uh, cash, gold, and and uh, uh, Bitcoin and Ether you know, probably a third of each or a quarter of each, whatever you decide, and have six months to a year of, of, of liquidity in case all hell breaks loose, like we have COVID. And uh, I, I think you're just going to sleep better. And then it enables you to go to the next tier in the uh, or level of, the, of that, that pyramid 
and do exactly what you're, you're suggesting. Go into a 401k, keep the, the money away from, from uh, Uncle Sam from taxes, and just do it automatically every single month, dollar cost averaging, which goes to Murph's. And oh, by the way, you know, uh, people get into growth, value, mid-cap. Just be, bet on America. We're going up almost all the time, 70% of the time. And uh, uh, just own America. And obviously, you're going to have international exposure by default. And I just think that it just makes all the sense in the world. But this goes into the dollar cost averaging that Murr from New York brought up. And uh, he goes, I, I dollar cost averaging is your strong sell discipline as crucial. And uh, I thought about that. And the... Uh, I said, you know, Murph, obviously do the, the 401k and, and, and own the SPX and an international fund and put it away for, for 20 to 40 years. And I think that is, is makes all the sense for that money, you know, dollar cost average there. And the answer for my themes is, which is the next level up, is uh, yes, the cell, the cell discipline is crucial. And I've learned this over the last 30 years. And this is where I'm going to really add value to you folks. Because uh, there isn't one in a thousand individual investors that has a, a, a objective, overt sell discipline that they know they're going into when they put on a stock. And frankly, I bet you it's about the same number for the pros, even though they say it isn't. So uh, for my themes, yes, the sell discipline is crucial because I buy at a very specific point and I buy a, a, a 10% of the portfolio in a very focused area, like uranium or like shorting SPACs or what have you. And so it's a specific breakout on a 50% increase in volume. And so it doesn't happen that often. I do it very seldom. But then I also want to preserve my actual and psychological capital. So I have... Uh, if I see a 10% loss, I'm gone, and that's okay because I can find 20% winners. And please be honest with yourself. If you look at your portfolio, you have some red, and you have some things that are probably down 40-50%, and you're spending a disproportionate amount of time on that, and I want to take that away and help you with that with that regard. So you don't need to use my self-discipline, but you sure as heck need to find your own. Mine works really, really well. Uh, I Again, very few investors have one. Uh, and I think that uh, uh, this is going to be extraordinarily helpful to you as you uh, become uh, a more seasoned investor. Uh, he also talked about, you know, the time that it takes uh, you know, to, to thoroughly evaluate each position each month. And I say it doesn't take that much time. The, the 10 reasons that you decided to buy XYZ ETF or stock, are they still valid or are they weakening? And then if, if you start to see those those drop off, then you start to think of, of, okay, I've got to sell. If it's down 15%, shoot it like old yeller and sell it. And then if it closes below the 200-day moving average, sell a third. And then the sell process uh, starts. So you have a tremendous advantage over the pros. As I was talking to, to Murph uh, and to Mike, I thought about this. You know, you don't have committees, you don't have mandates, you don't have restrictions. The freedom that you have as an individual investor and the ability to beat the pros, I think, is substantial. There is no portfolio manager in in uh, uh, the Paychex 401k or anywhere else 
that's going to be 17% in uranium, 10% short SPACs, 36% in cash, and then going through his monthly charts t- tomorrow and looking for for new opportunities. So I like my chances. The typical pro, you know, it's a, a portfolio manager and there's the healthcare and the tech and the retail uh, analyst and they go in and, and they, uh, uh, you know, talk about stocks and get stocks into the portfolio. And the buying is easier, the selling is tough, and it just doesn't work. We're seeing, you know, uh, if you have a team that, that is outperforming, congratulations, but they're few and far between. So again, uh, HODL is bullshit. Holding on for dear life is bullshit. I sell stocks better than you. Try me. So here we go. And I forgot who sent in in, in what uh, uh, ETF or stock here. But but uh, this is, we're going to start off with the, the semiconductor ETF SOXX. S-O-X-X. So you see here on May 20th, uh, took off like a rocket ship off the launch pad, as I say here, 240. And uh, and begin the, began this ascent. This is the monthly chart, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. 240 to 471, and and that's where you, where we are right now. And then I focus on the daily. Thank you, Mike. Um, and I look for my cell discipline to to be kicking in. And frankly, it's in a clear uptrend. The NV, uh, Nvidia NVDA is absolutely killing it, firing on all c- cylinders. Got to be the number one or two position in this. Uh, Taiwan Semiconductor just announced they're going to raise prices 10% plus. So the, the semiconductor world is looking really, really good. And if you own this, I would suggest you don't do a darn thing. You let your winners run and you cut your losses. Well, here you have no nothing that triggers the sell discipline. We're well above the 200-day moving average. It's at 416.50 and it's rising. So just congratulate yourself for a good pick and let it go. And then stay alert and I'll stay alert to future times when the sell discipline kicks in. So that's you're doing great with socks. Congratulations. DraftKings, different story. Uh, obviously, a, a great concept company and and uh, playing into the themes that we've talked about in the past, the, the, the thirst for revenues that the states have and uh, legal gambling being a more reasonable way to, to raise money than, than taxes. So it's DKNG, DraftKings. And look at this. I didn't put an arrow here, unfortunately. But back in uh, April 20th was the launch pad at uh, at $19. And it just said goodbye to COVID and took off and and uh, peaked out around uh, 70, 80. And here we are at 60. But here's the status right now. So go to this chart, please. Here's the daily. And then look at these red arrows. And I encourage you to go to YouTube to see the cell discipline live because it, it really uh, brings it brings it home. Uh, DraftKings a little while ago closed below the 200-day moving average around $48, sell a third. Okay, now you're not going to get the peak and you're not going to get, uh, uh, it isn't perfect, but you're going to get out at reasonable prices that lock in profits and avoid large losses. Then the 50-day comes down through the 200, that's the second arrow, it's around $50, sell another third there, and then by the time the 200 goes down, I would sell the last of the third. Now, here we are at 60 bucks, and it looks like it could it, it, it could resume an uptrend. That's okay. We went from 19 to 48.50. I will do that all day, every day. And as we've seen in times gone past, 
Cisco in 2000, and, and Royal Caribbean last year, it saved you from disastrous losses uh, in, in those circumstances. So that's my stance on DraftKings, and please tell me if I'm on or off the mark here. Square, great company. Payments FinTech is exploding. May 20th, this takes off at 68 and goes to 268 currently. So again, if you own this, fantastic. You've got a big winner on your hands, and I don't want you to give the money back. Is it fairly valued? I don't. Yeah, the, the, the market says it is, but it is a highly valued company that is 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 harder than a pistol, and uh, and acts accordingly. So when you have that big move from from 68, you go to the daily, please. Yep. And that red arrow here, you've had one part of the sell discipline that's kicked in. All right, it closed below the 200-day moving average at 197. I would sell a third. And you say, okay, Bakes, you, you, I missed out. Maybe, but now you have two-thirds of your capital. You still have winners. And you can say, hey, I like this setup. I like the fundamentals. I want to you know, put that third back on. But at least you've taken your chips off the table with long-term capital gains, by the way. And you, uh, uh, you, you're going to avoid catastrophic losses. Now, Square is fantastic, but that's what I would have done. And uh, for right now, it is a, uh, a terrific hold. And I, I encourage you to, to let this winner run from here on out. Coinbase Global, C-O-I-N. Uh, this is an interesting case. Look at the IPO. The IPO came in the 300s. I forget the exact number. Spiked up for about 11 seconds. Some poor schlep is uh yeah this is the yiddish channel now uh over uh you know over 400 and, and and then it descended into where we are right now which is 259 but it looks like it's basing and uh you see this arrow here um uh you know it's sitting right at uh resistance of 261 the next resistance is 280 you can see the red lines here it liked this this earnings report recently you can see the volume picking up on those days and so i think it's encouraging and obviously as we see crypto acceptance and volatility increase then i think that coinbase is going to uh, uh serve you well so i'll stay on top of this at 261 on big volume it's a, it's a buy and really above 280 it's a buy and um stay tuned uh sofi uh, uh sofi and uh this is my son jack and so this is, you know, uh, the reason I do the show. Uh, he loves the fundamentals, loves the company uh, and the product. And I think I do too. But uh, it, it's it's in this early stage after its IPO, it disappointed. It gapped down on the earnings day. You see the volume here. And now we're sitting at 1314 support. And we have 1864 resistance. Now, those are, sound like very precise numbers. It's it, this is more art than science, but around there is where you're going to find uh, a support at 13 and and uh, resistance at around 18 or, or 19 dollars. Um, I would watch this for now. I would not be in this name. I want to see uh, it, it continue to base. I want to say see it spend more time in this channel here between 13 and 18, and a blast off. Uh, on big volume above that would be more encouraging to me than what I see here right now. So uh, here's my take. HODL is bullshit. I sell stocks better than you. Try me. And I know that sounds audacious and I, it, it's very tongue in cheek. 
but my cell discipline works. If you have a better one, I'd love to see it. But as you look at your account, please fire your your any questions you have, any stocks you have that you think are problem children, let me know. And this is going to be part of the premium service where I think I can I can help you dispassionately lock in profits, let your winners run, and and uh, and avoid big losses. So, and you tell me what else you'd like in the premium service, Bakes Takes Plus. Please share this with your, your investor friends and obviously fire stocks and ideas and I'll offer strategy for those as well. Please stay tuned. Next is my themes and groups. And this is Lordstown Motors. And this feeds into what, Mike, uh, we had great response to, to the Matthew Tuttle interview last week. The uh, Tuttle Capital sponsors uh, SOGU. And this is one of the, I think, one of the top 10 shorts in that portfolio. So this is what I do for you, dear listeners. Uh, as soon as I put an investment on, I look at the top holdings, plug those into Google Alerts, and then have uh, you know basically the internet tell me everything that's going on with these specific uh, companies and themes. Uh, Ride, R-I-D is the symbol. Lordstown Motors is, is the company, and I use that term loosely. Uh, and this is one of Sogu's shorts, S-O-G-U, which I've been talking ab- about a lot. And again, Matthew, thank you for being on the show. Uh, it, the other day, uh, an icon, Carl Icon Lieutenant, who's pretty well regarded, Daniel Nindavagi, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I hope I'm close, was named the CEO and 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 you know obviously lent gravitas to this this situation it was up in the first hour and i always uh, i've mentioned this in the past i think in the first hour you should sit on your hands most of the time it's the most emotional time of the day with this pent up uh, uh, emotion and 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 people are reflexive and reactive and uh, and then see what happens well we spent uh, a little bit of time above 669 resistance and then we faded all day long and closed at 6:49. So even someone of his caliber can't uh, turn the fact that if the fact that he's there, yes, it's potentially a positive. But then I keep going to what my Google alerts kicked out. Uh, they lack the funds to start commercial production. They in their uh, filings say that it's doubt they're doubtful they're able to continue as a going concern. The SEC and DOJ are investigating the CEO and the company regarding pre-orders and their SPAC urger. And oh, by the way, the Ford F-150 is going to be on lots next year, the most popular pickup on the planet with their electric version that's going to be priced $10,000 below Lordstown's endurance. So I think that this is a, a, a stock that's going down, and I'm happy that we're shorted via SOGU and its ilk. And so my take is EVs are going down, SOGU is going up. And I'll also say again, if you, were, if you are an ESG investor and you take that seriously and make it a part of your investment discipline, please add me to your arsenal because express your ESG views some other way than EVs. They might be great for the planet in 10 years, but if you're not Tesla and you're not Ford, I think all these other ones are going close to cash or close to zero. And can't be, am I being vague? No, I'm not being vague, right? Okay. Uh, podcast of the week. Uh, this is on the tape, one of my favorites. This is um, uh, Dan Nathan, Guy Adami, Danny Moses, and uh, they always have great guests and great you know, uh, uh, discussions amongst themselves, but they brought on Rich Greenfield, who uh, is short AMC, and, and, uh, and, and lays the case out for it. 
And this brought up a number of things. It's at 33 minutes of their most recent on the tape. I recommend the show highly and go back and forth with Dan Nathan every now and then. Um, I think he might be right on the fundamentals, but it isn't time yet. And, and when fundamentals are invoked, it's often code for I'm right and the market's wrong. And that's a very painful place to be because the market will prove you wrong for a long time. Uh, uh, it'll, you'll stay wrong longer than you'll stay solvent, that kind of a thing. And there's always being right versus making money. And I always want to do the latter. So uh, I think that he's early on this call. And this is why technicals help so much. And I hope I'll be helpful as I've been helpful with uh, you know, calling the breakout of the triangle uh, of AMC and GameStop. But I think I can be helpful here. But here's his case, and it, it's worth having in the back of your mind. If you're an AMC investor, you know you have to uh, uh, you know be cognizant of Cinemark CNK is in the movie theater business, and according to Greenfield, it's the same damn business, almost the same number of screens, a better balance sheet, a market cap that's two billion dollars versus AMC at twenty billion dollars. And he correctly points out that F9 did $750 million at the box office, which sounds great, but F8, pre-COVID, did $1.2. And as you saw from my, my Instagram video the other day, I went with my son and two other people that we, you know, we went together. There were four of us in the theater. Yeah, okay, it was a Tuesday night, but there were four people in the theater. So AMC is not killing it by any stretch of the imagination. There's 92 million shares short. 18% of the float, that's up uh, from last month. The CEO is selling, and in the filings, the lawyers are good enough to say that they tell you the fundamentals don't warrant the stock price. So for now, because I'm a, a, a technician, it's a hold because I don't see any major uh, deterioration in the chart, and I don't see the sell discipline being invoked. But is it overvalued? Yep. But it's not going down now in my view, and I'll help you avoid big losses here like I do all the time. Timing is everything. I will help. Reporters of the week, Brian Sullivan, really like him on CNBC. And uh, the headline uh, you know, really caught my eye. CNBC road test. The US EV charging network isn't ready for your family road trip, let alone the expected wave of new cars. Uh, one of the barriers, uh, biggest barriers to EV adoption is the charging infrastructure. Uh, in California, which is the most developed charging uh, infrastructure, uh, it was the time it took to get a full charge that 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 uh, he pointed out. Uh, he says 10 minutes to fill your car with gas and 45 minutes to fully charge an EV, sometimes longer. To be fair, this is ex-Tesla, which has a much more robust uh, charging network uh, uh, for, for their vehicles. But outside of that, 45 minutes, bring a book if you're going to charge your EV. Uh, and that's California. In, uh, in New Hampshire and Massachusetts, it's going to be tougher to find uh, chargers. And, and that's before stressing the grid. And that's my, 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 one of my stances on EV is if, if all these lofty projections for, for EV penetration come to fruition, we need more power via nuclear uh, because the hydro in California is already being stressed and the grid elsewhere will not be able to handle the electrical vehicles that, that uh, are likely coming out there. So that's the show, my friends. Please also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Please follow us on Twitter, at Bakes Takes underscore, and other social media. 
please, please use your voice memo app, tape your questions, and email to bakes at bakestakespodcast.com or write in if you'd prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Thank you again, as always. Have a great week. This is Bakes. And in my Beacon segment, uh, you got to check this out. Uh, this is will bring a smile to your face. Uh, everything that's right with America. Tom Rice, a D-Day veteran, paratrooper, jumps on his 100th birthday. And uh, the, the, the smile that, that uh, he has will bring a smile to your face. It is encouraging and invigorating. And they are the greatest generation. And it is fabulous to see. And for much-needed levity, uh, Jeff Ross's funniest roasts of all time. And yes, salty language, but it's also funny language. So uh, enjoy that. I will see you next week. Keep smiling. Bye now. (laughs) 